Mind your speed and your surroundings. Avoid costly collisions. Welcome to the Orbital Sword. Please follow me to the reading room. Three, two, one, engage. Welcome aboard the Orbital Sword. I am David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And on this episode, we're discussing Crown of Midnight by Sarah J. Mass. This is book two in the Throne of Glass, uh, well, I almost said trilogy, but series of, of long-running books. Um, and hey, this one... David, David, you finally got your assassin. Yes! Finally got <laughs> my assassin. I finally got my, my BA magic um it all came through this this book really developed delivered um all the things i felt the first one was really missing um so a brief summary of this one is we have selena kind of continuing her uh life now as the king's assassin which turns out to be a little bit more complicated as she's out killing these people but she's not actually killing them and uh in the meantime there's a mystery within the castle as to um magic and secret passages that she's also trying to figure out as well as a budding romance with uh kale right yeah kale yep so and then stuff happens (laughs) dude and uh what a huge reveal at the end of this book yeah yeah We'll, we'll, we'll get to that man it was it was this reveal at the end that made me like I, I think I'm in book like six or seven oh, because wow. I just because I just loved the series and it and each book has sequentially dropped you with like a big reveal like that and you're like holy crap <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but way to go Mister Read Ahead <laughs> yes I am Mister Read Ahead <laughs> and actually so this is a little story here Kiefer my son. So we finished the first book and we were, we have read like ready player one, like three or four times. I'm like, like, he's like a Will Wheaton fan. He's like, Will Wheaton reads it. I'm listening to it. Uh, <laughs> but I said, I said, you got to check out this book. So one time we, I don't know where we were traveling. I put on the first book and he was hooked. So he loves like, we're almost through book and reading through rereading through book one, you realized how much of book two she's setting up. And how many small things she's hints she's dropped along the way that you miss because you aren't aware of what's going to happen in book two. It's incredible. That's really interesting. I, 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 I think that's really cool because a lot of times I feel like um, sometimes, and this isn't like knocking authors because it's, it's hard work, but, but sometimes like they, they'll write a book and be like, well, I'm setting up like these big things, but they don't have a huge roadmap and when an author has a huge roadmap laid out and then they're free to like explore and expand upon that uh, you can really tell that that makes uh some amazing world building and it's clear that that she has done that yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) 
Well, so what were your, uh, I guess we've kind of already been talking about it a little bit, but what are your, uh, what are you guys, what was your impressions reading through uh, a very different book? Like in the, the first book, you're really watching the rise of a champion and all the competitions. And there's some, there's a little bit of romance happening, but and hints of magic. But this feels like a totally different story, even though it's a continuation. So how, how did you guys feel about this book in general? Jim, why don't you go first? I couldn't decide whether I was reading a fantasy or a romance novel. <laughs> Fair enough. Why not both? Why not both, Jim? Well, I don't mind both, but it seemed like two-thirds of this book, and, and this is just my impression, two-thirds of this book was, you know, Kale and Selena just, you know, playing these little games and back and forth and all this romance stuff. And it was like, Oh, when are we going to get to some good stuff? You know? <laughs> well, they, they and, don't, they, uh, they don't call it magic. Nothing, Jim. I mean, come on. There was magic happening between them. <laughs> uh, well, it was more like chemistry. I think. But, <laughs> well, science, no. chemistry, it's indistinguishable from, you know, these uh, rudimentary, you know, yeah. Thor says they're one and the same. They are. <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> but but please don't please don't misunderstand. Uh, I enjoyed the book. Uh, I read it rather quickly. Uh, I wanted to continue reading when I had to quit. Uh, and that's always a good sign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just I I just thought maybe it was um, kind of heavy on the uh, the triangle. You know, even though that it seemed like Dorian was was kind of out of the picture, he was still kind of there. And then, of course, when uh, Selena sent Kale packing, of course, the Dorian thing started heating back up again. So I'm not sure where we're at with that. Right. Uh, some epic, epic battles and um, some some outstanding visuals on on that and uh baba yellow legs about scared me half to death <laughs> oh yes baba yellow leg that was a great yeah. addition yeah yeah well and it's it, it is so much of this book continues to be a setup for what to what is what is to come like the introduction of her is just no one-off thing like there's book three begins to develop this further um the 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 romance that's developed here it it goes a direction you just don't expect and it's uh mm -hmm. yeah and uh jim if you if we if we are, if we continue to read this series books book six well plenty of romance in it for you <laughs> oh joy <laughs> <laughs> it might even feel like you're reading uh, something a bit more adult just saying i think well actually actually i'm i'm open to reading the whole series i mean it it is it is that good. That's a that's a big step because after the first one, I think you were, I, I would say, still on the fence, like and probably leaning towards you didn't need to read anymore. But I mean, you were open to it, but you weren't like chomping at the bit. Well, the the a female assassin is to me, especially as young as she is, seems almost kind of unrealistic. Mm. But um, 
I don't know, you know, and with the reveal in this book, then that helps me understand um, why she is as skilled and as feared as she is. And what, well, let me tell you, but it, and this isn't spoiling anything, but in book four, they explore that much more in depth. Hmm. It's almost like mm-hmm. it's almost like you know how we're reading in the expanse. You you follow these 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 characters, but then in book four, you know James S. A. Corey gives you backstories, or maybe it's book five gives you backstories to these characters that just flesh them out in a whole new light. That's kind of what happens to Serena, Selena Sadarth, Sadathian. So, okay, neat. Hmm. Yeah, uh, David, what did you think of reading this second book? We have a hint, we have gotten hints of what you thought, but flesh yeah. this out a little bit more for us. Well, okay. Well, I just want to add to the romance thing is that um, this is a young adult book, and that's just what I had to re- remind myself. Like when the romance kind of got thick or was a little hokey or or whatever, that as much as this this book, like um, I enjoy it and it appeals to me. It's also written for a little bit of a younger audience, and. Uh, and you can you can feel that in the romance moments. It definitely feels like a teenage romance book type thing. But um, that said, I thoroughly enjoy this book. It had so much of what it was missing in the first one, and not. I, I mean, I didn't have a lot of things that I felt was wrong about the first book, but um, this it just had more of the magic that I was hoping for, and. Uh, some more of the mystery and uh, like explaining why she was a badass and just more of her using her, her abilities and um, those kind of things that just really like the, the, the battles or like when she goes to, to save Kale from, uh, from the, the rebels in the barn or whatever, like that was just a lot of fun to, to listen to. And, um, Overall, I, I just felt like it was a step up at the same time, like clearly building the next step that got me excited to continue reading. Um, so I'm looking forward to the third book for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to see where this goes. I, I really liked the the big reveal at the end. Um, I like the, the knocker. And, and it's funny because like I found myself, <laughs> I found myself like coming up with, ways for her to do things that you know they they didn't use but i was like well if he's a knocker and he's attached to the door like he clearly knows stuff like you should just like break the door and carry him around on her adventures it's like a side right (laughs) so yeah yeah it seemed like kale was kind of interested in the knockers too yeah Ah! And that's it for the show. Thank you for joining us here on the Open Sword today, and uh, we'll see you next time. No, no uh, uh, you know, and the thing is, David, is I'm wondering what what age would you say would be the young adult uh, limit for this? Because I, I I thought it would have to be like older young adults for this because I've never read a young adult novel where anybody ever consummated a relationship well, in so, the way this book does. <laughs> so I was talking to my librarian about this book because I've said, ah, oh, you know, throw a glass. And I don't think they have thrown a glass, but he, we were talking about it. I said, boy, I said, if you have this book, 
the later books you might not be able to stack. And I wasn't even talking about this book because the later books, you think consummation, it's like it's almost soft porn uh, later on. Oh my like, god! Like this, the, what, the scene that you have in this book is tame compared to what you get in book like six or seven. So just yeah. uh, just a heads up, something to look forward Holy to. Moly. Something something to look forward to, guys. Come on. I would I would have said like <laughs> seventeen and above, like late teens, early adulthood. Yeah, I would say late. The later books actually get into much more. Like, you have to. You really should be in your late teens, twenties. And, and if you right. think about probably when these, like you know, she she wrote these for an audience, and then I'm assuming similarly to Harry Potter, her audience has grown with the books, right? And thus, mm-hmm. her writing has probably grown with the audience. So if you got into it when you were seventeen or eighteen, by the time book seven came out, you know you'd be in your twenties, assumingly. Yeah. And I, I, so I, we start out with the first book at PG thirteen, and then we move on to NC seventeen. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a small jump. Right, right, right. <laughs> then, <laughs> I mean, you know, then we go. I, then we I, go I, into an. We go into an R, and then a hard R. <laughs> yeah, and. From what Scott's saying, we get to triple X by the end of the series. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much, and it's not even the end. Well, so I will tell you this: like, like, like the scene that we read in this book. Obviously, when I get to it with my son, I'm like, oh, buddy, we're skipping over this scene. I, I just don't feel comfortable and play. I mean, I know that he's well aware of what sex is, but you know, I just don't feel comfortable playing that for him. You know, at the age twelve and thirteen. Right. Well, yeah. There's no. There's no reason in 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 putting it out there yeah. when kids are not ready for it yeah absolutely absolutely well so um david did you have anything more about to say your initial impression of it no or, no we're ready okay. for yours yep oh yeah so i, I love this book you know <laughs> it was one of these things that when we finished it the first time i just began reading it right away because i just liked it so much uh and i really enjoyed it and then i kept reading it as you as you know um i i felt like we really, while I understood the journey of Selena Sardothian, uh, you know, in in book one, and there is stuff that still from book one is being, you realize is being set up in like book six and seven, like set up for book six and seven. I I have I, I appreciate this shift in tone in this book, where you actually begin to see her doing her work, and. And you also see like Dorian kind of coming out a little bit with magic, and uh, mm-hmm. that's that that is fascinating as well. And Kale kind of caught in the middle, and um, and at the end, her being what uh, shipped off. You know, it's just the, the entire story. I I was compelled by, and I found a lot of stuff in this interesting for me. So. I liked it, uh, loved it, and um, I'm glad we're uh, thinking about at least continuing into book three. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 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 all for it. Yeah. Well, so, I guess that we don't yeah, need, we don't we don't need to talk about the end of the show. Then we know what book <laughs> we're doing next. So. Yeah, but you know, and we might as well, I suppose, get into characters. And yeah, absolutely. So it surprised me the beginning of this book. Uh, the reveal of how Selena is going about 
her assassinations. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, you know, and we, we, know, we, we, we uh, and we start with one, right? We start with the, the book opens with her assassinating someone, and you know, dumping the head at the the feet of the, the ring and the head at the feet of the king, and and you're like, oh, this is. A, but then you, but then there's like you realize partway through that, well, no, she's not really doing this. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was like you know, hey. You get out of town, and uh, I'll go find some corpse to decapitate. And, right. and it was like, whoa, she is really walking on the edge. Here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is one thing about her character that, I mean, it, it, the motivations are made clear. Uh, but at the same time, it, it kind of confuses me a little bit because she was an assassin prior to becoming the king's assassin so she's definitely killed and i that the title kind of alludes that she probably killed for money because she was part of that that group or whatever or or for rebellion or something uh, yet in this situation she clearly has a moral standard where she doesn't feel these people need to die and she's mm. like faking their deaths because the king commanded it, and um, I just I'm, I guess I'm uh, like it works for the story, and I had to let go of it. But I guess if you had to say that I had a rant for about this, and this is the only thing I can really think of off the top of my head, is that she seemed a little bit more conflicted about killing random people than I would have thought would have been in this situation. Like I kind of guess I expected her to be out killing these people and then kind of discovered the, the, the undercover, undercover uh, motivations that, that she does in this book and then stop killing them instead of, instead of right away automatically, like you find her faking their deaths and faking the murders and stuff. Ooh, the yeah. rant master lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think it's important though to think about, who is asking her to do the killing and mm. and that is that is crucial uh in understanding why she's choosing not to kill i agree and uh okay. and i think that that is and uh i forget how much of that is developed in this book but i will tell you that in book uh three and four they develop that and you realize yeah well, there's a real good reason why she's not killing for the king or really trying not to. Yeah. Well, it's because the king of Adderland is a thoroughgoing bastard. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, and he why is, is that, Jim? An, he, he is an evil son of a gun. Well, because he has banned magic, but he's trying to figure out how to get magic for himself only. And, and he's, he does not care. He has no respect for life whatsoever. Um, you know that if he discovers what Dorian is capable of, Dorian's going to get killed by his own father. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you have no idea how deep his bastardization goes. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> So we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg by this. You time. are, you are. And he's definitely a he's definitely what you're saying. He is. So Yeah. He's just evil. And but, uh Yeah. I'm not I'm afraid say more. for Dorian. 
I'm I'm afraid you for Dorian, be. but you should realizing <laughs> realizing that Dorian's a hero, he'll probably come out of it okay, I suppose, but one never knows. I don't know. They they do tend to kill people. Like I guess I didn't expect uh Namia. How do you say her name? Namaya? Uh, Nehemia. 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 I I didn't expect her to die. Wasn't that sad? Yeah. It was. It was. And brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and, and Selena was angry with her. She was angry with Selena. They were having a little bit of a uh lover spat. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> But uh, they they were they were on the outs with each other, and some of the things that Nehemia said to Selena, calling her a coward, you know, and those are basically her last words to Selena. Mm-hmm. And uh, Selena is going to rem- remember that for the rest of her life, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But. Well, you know, such is such is life. That certainly happens uh, enough in real life. You know, you say something bad, and the relationship splits, and then something happens, and you hear about those stories. Are not uncommon, but unfortunately, yeah. But you know, Kale was a big letdown to me because of hiding stuff, or no? I mean, in the first book, Kale was so cool. I mean, he was the hero. He was the good guy. He was awesome. Nothing could nothing could get him down. And in this book, he is reduced to a sniveling teenager. <laughs> you know, pining away over his lost love. Oh, woody, woody, woo. You know, here he is, the captain of the guard, and he's and and, and he's reduced to a, a lump of gelatin. I will agree. I felt like he was, his character was doxxed a little bit because in the first one, he did definitely have that like cool and complete control of the guard, like master of arms kind of persona. And then in this one, he seems to have a lot less control and to be a lot less um, mature, I guess, in some ways. It, it, I, I guess in the first book, it was very easy to forget how young they were. And in, this book definitely wrote them a lot younger. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If if Kale were a Klingon, he would take his own life. <laughs> <laughs> because because he he was a sniveling weakling at points in this book, and that that really I felt I I really felt down about that. Hmm. Hmm. I I mean. <sighs> How did what did you think about his decision to not tell Selena about the threat on Nehemia's life? I don't know. I think he was making the best judgment he could at the time. Um, I mean, he was always there was always a dubiousness. Uh, so I think. Kale is struggling to, he's captain of the guard, right? Yeah. Which means he serves the king. So he's walking a really, really fine line between, you know, exposing 
you know, how much does he tell Salinas, who's a subject of the king? Um, how much is he following the king's orders? And he's doing it very ineffectively um, because he is trying to walk that line. And I think that makes him a bit wishy-washy as a character. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, that decision comes back to haunt him in the end. Um, he, in a sense, gets his just desserts for not being honest with Selena's, um, which is something that obviously any relation, any good relationship should value. So. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but even the closest relationships is going is going to be subject to some secrecy right i mean may, you know maybe i'm wrong but but you know this is this is like her best friend like nehemia for all intents and purposes is like her only true female friend that we have right yeah um and so so this is this is big like the fact that a secret about your best friend you know well, I don't even really th- feel like he thought it was a secret. Like, I I really didn't feel like he was. She paints him as like being wholly evil for this situation, and I really it's it's like if you were working on I don't know like you were working in a restaurant and you found out that like this uh, your one chef adds too much salt to the to the eggs and you were like yeah like. He adds too much salt, but it doesn't, like, I'm not sure I'm going to say anything to him yet. And then you have dinner with your friends there, and your one friend always throws up when she has something with too much salt. And she orders the eggs, and she throws up. Like, is that your fault? Because you didn't tell tell that person they had too much salt in the eggs? My analogy fell apart, but whatever. <laughs> no, no, I, so I hear it, but let's take it further. Let's say you're, like, too much salt could send one of your friends into a heart attack, right? Like, this would be uh then would you feel guilty for not mentioning if there's too much salt? Probably. Yeah. Hmm. But it doesn't make you evil and un unlike unforgivable. But it might ruin but it might ruin the relationship that I have with you. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. someone died in the process. Well, if they died, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, the Kale had a decision to make. He made the decision, and it may have been the wrong decision. But then again, uh, if it had gone the other way, um, perhaps Elena would have been would have been killed, you know, <laughs> and Kale would have been sacked and sent packing, or he may have been killed, and then we wouldn't have a book. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, I you know it, it, we're we're discussing theoretical, which is all fighting good, but ultimately this is the way the book played out for better or worse, and this is all gonna mm-hmm. you know continue to tie in as um, tie into the story both here and then in the future. So yeah. So what do you guys think of Archer Finn? Did we talk about Dorian? Uh, not yet. Uh, no, uh, no, but we can we can come we, back we, to that, or we can go. We can there, come back. Let's fine. come back to. Let's talk about Archer. Archer's an interesting character. Mm. Yeah, he comes off as like this spoiled. Uh, well, he's a whore basically, but like spoiled weakling, just working for being. Man- he he plays be- that he's being manipulated by his clients, when really he's like the second in command of the 
underground in the area. I mean, yeah, like what what about that reveal? That's like, whoa, what? <laughs> which is initially no. why the Kate which is really why the king sent her to kind of take him out to begin with. No surprise there for me. I I knew I had this guy pegged from the beginning that he was not what he appeared to be. Mm. But man, that the, the the whole setup to the warehouse scene and then realizing that it's not just a setup to get Selena's to the warehouse, but then also set up for Nehemia. That was that was that was beautifully executed and beautifully written. Yeah, oh yeah. Bringing all those parts together. But Finn was not a surprise. He was I I first of all his profession calls him into question. And secondly, you know, it's uh you knew you could just tell that there was more to this guy than what was on the surface. Right. I'm seriously mm. surprised that Selena didn't see it earlier. I mean, I would call Finn an assassin himself. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fact, she knew him from her days as an assassin. So. Yeah, he was at least semi-trained mm-hmm. in the way. Yeah. But I liked him. He definitely went about character. things the wrong way. Oh. <laughs> like I, I didn't like him. I didn't like the guy. From the beginning, I didn't like him. He's sleazy. No doubt. Yes. Yes. And and that's why I didn't like him. I he was uh, He's someone that I would definitely not turn my back on. Yeah. He's a master manipulator. Even if he wasn't a rebel or whatever, like his profession is just to be a master manipulator of your emotions. So... I mean, yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, I guess we can probably move on to Dorian now. Yeah. I like Dorian in this novel. So, like, he's kind of a side. He's pushed aside because of Kale, right? So we have that. But he's a character that he's one way at the beginning, and by the end, there's a whole new development that says, okay, I'm intrigued by him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not just spoiled royalty. He's spoiled royalty with some innate magic that he is just discovering he has. And that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, he may be spoiled, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't give me the impression of taking advantage of it. He's no. always just kind of, kind of easygoing guy you know and it's like okay well some situation comes up ah we'll deal with this and and it'll be fine everything will be fine yeah well indeed and let me tell you the uh and uh, he obviously is not fond of his father <laughs> no no i really enjoyed the aspect of him having his own subplot and it being outside of the romance side of things like i mean he's a little bit of a part of that but even in his own mental like uh dialogue he's clearly taking strides away from selena and 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 like you know i mean he kind of is a little jealous but at the same time he's like well i'm just gonna it's it's all kill i mean now it's a i don't i don't need to be a part of this and then 
instead of just having him be the like pining guy who misses opportunity, he has this subplot with uh, both the royal court and then discovering that he has magic. Uh, and how, how does he keep that hidden from everybody? Um, uh, and like, does Selena know? Cause he used it when she was in a rage and, and stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he, he knows how to move on it. it I mean, it, it makes it very plain in the book that he sees, uh, Kale and Selena sparking and it's like, okay, you know, she's made her choice and so what that, that I'll just move on. And, uh, he does it with a lot of class mm-hmm. and besides let's, let's face it. Dorian is, uh, a prince and he can have any woman he wants. Well, except for he wants, he wanted Selena and he didn't get that. So he can almost have every woman he wants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that his story has a lot of stuff to develop into, and I, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Nope, agreed. So we have Cal, we have Caltain sitting in the dungeon. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, oh, how the mighty have fallen! <laughs> it has, but uh, then is it at the end of the book that she's kind of taken away? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, nah, it's like uh, they go looking for her at one like towards the end and she's not there. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh wow. But she's off to she's off to marry the duke, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Parrington. Yeah. Yep. And he is the he wasn't in this one much, but the last book he was like he has that ring, right? Right. Yeah. This this ring and, and Caltain, I believe, also has a ring. No, I, th- I thought she was just being manipulated by it. Well, she's hearing those she things was. in her head, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was manipulated. She was totally manipulated. And we find that people that they do this to can potentially turn into monsters, right? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. literal monsters, not just figuratively. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, well, well, that 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 ring that uh, Parrington has is 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 crucial. It's crucial in the upcoming books. Like this is this whole idea of control and manipulation that's happening Spoiler right alert. now. No, I'm not spoiling anything. You don't know anything that's going to happen. Hmm. But I'm going to tell you that okay. this this idea of manipulation that the king has and that. Uh, Parrington has, and the fact that they're manipulating Caltain. Yeah, and they, it, uh, she was definitely she was definitely used. And you you feel bad for her to, to a degree. Yeah, and they kind of well, yeah, because she turns into you know she was an, an antagonist, but she winds up being a victim. Yeah, right. Yeah, and there's a shift because she's painted that way, and she certainly thinks she's kind of the antagonist. But then you realize at the end of book, you know, at the end of book one that. Holy Hannah, this 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 lady was manipulated and used and kind of turned intentionally into what they put her put her, you know, you know, how she ended up. Yeah. She she winds up basically getting discarded um when she's not needed anymore or when she, you know, when she 
messes up or whatever, it's like right. goodbye. You're we're gonna stick you in the dungeon. We're not gonna feed you. We're and you're gonna be cold and damp and geez, that has that was a miserable scene uh, that oh, she yeah. was stuck in. And I mean, even Selena, who hates her, felt pity for her and gave her uh, you know her cloak to cover up with. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I totally, uh, totally, totally agree. I, I, she was definitely destitute, and you feel bad for her. Yeah, another example of uh, the king and, and, and his ilk. And we get the hint that the, uh, what is he, the cousin? forget what his rank is or name, but Dorian's cousin, who's now in the castle, Right is also being manipulated because he's con- he started complaining about headaches, right and stuff. And yeah, absolutely. We don't know how yet, but it's like someone's trying to influence him. Yeah, no doubt. But, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and he's the reason. Like the party is being thrown, where they bring in uh, the carnival with Bobby Yellowlegs. I mean, that's how that's introduced. Or that's. Mm-hmm. I thought the party was for his brother. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. Maybe not for the maybe not for his cousin, but for his brother. You're right. Yeah. But I hated the cousin, man. Yeah, you're supposed to, but I did not like that cousin at all. But it seems like Dorian is starting to take to him because, like, as Selena moves out of his life, he kind of we don't really see it as much as he's always like. Well, I can't remember what his cousin's name is, but like he's constantly saying how his cousin has his back in court and he. When he has a problem, he can talk to his cousin about it. He seems to be, like, interested in his issues, to which I read as whoever's influencing him is probably using him to spy on Dorian. Yeah. Now, I, I know Mr. Rita had those already, but I'm I'm wondering if this cousin isn't going to come out as maybe someone who is going to challenge Dorian for his position. Mm. As heir apparent. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, the cousin is, in my recollection, is kind of kept to this book. Oh, okay. Oh. At this point, not saying that he doesn't, we won't play into a future book I've read, but at this point, it's kind of here for this book. And then I don't recall him having a huge central role in the upcoming books. But. Okay. Fair enough. Now, what about this Baba Yellowlegs? Talk about scary. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The iron I mean, teeth. Well, yeah, and and, um, and she's she is not just a literal monster, but she is a monster. Oh, yes. Uh, wow. I, you know, I, and, you know, she's interesting, and you just... Um, the fight that that happens inside her trailer that's more than a trailer is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of my favorite parts of this book is when her and Selenus go at it and you see this master assassin going after this 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 witch that is truly a witch. And yeah. and in, in in a lot of ways more. Yeah, and yeah. she's she's very deceptive because the impression you get as you read the book is she's 
a weakling and she's not going to be a threat of any kind other than maybe with with words or convincing someone of of a of a prophecy or something but find out that she is quite form uh formidable in her own right oh yes oh yeah bobby yellow i i thought it was a great a great battle and a great like mystery as if she, she was she really had magic or not or if she was just a con artist and then you know just keeps getting deeper and deeper with her uh and when dorian went to visit her and stuff like that like is she just manipulating selena selena yeah. or is she real and then she turns she's out not to doing be... anything she's not doing anything now <laughs> that's for yeah. sure but you know it was what was neat about her was she was able to read people mm-hmm. oh yes and and say things that that could get under somebody's skin because she seemed to know uh know things about them that nobody else would know um quite a actually quite a dynamic character and now selena is in a little bit of trouble because apparently uh she has offended now a cult of these these iron toothed witches yeah oh yeah but that it's like everyone says there's no more witches but then it turns out hold up there's totally still witches they're just undercover Mm-hmm. Oh yes. So, but there was a duality yeah. to her reasoning. There it turns out the the whole festival that was put on for his son was uh, really just so the king could get baby, or sorry, Baba Yellow Legs there to get him. He wanted to get her mirrors or something, mm-hmm. and so it was all a show. All the stuff for his son was all a show just for the king to get to. Baba Yellow Legs, but then between Dorian and Selena, she she got taken out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. So it, it ends up not working. Well, this story, this storyline that's introduced here with Baba Yellow Legs is book three, you're gonna see really begin to be developed. And uh so it's a great setup for that. So you haven't heard the last of her. Mm. So her are this cult calling it. So, but mm. yeah. all right, who do we have next? Um, I don't know quite how to ailing Galathinius. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't sure how to pronounce that. Yeah, so ailing Galathinius. So, what do we know about this person? Well, it would seem to be, um, Selena's. Fay persona. Our, yeah, our real boy. Name. Yeah. yeah, this is yeah. This is interesting. This is one of my like. This is the thing. Like this event when they go when they open into when they go into the void, uh, and she takes out those monsters and she shifts. I always was leaping out of my seat because this was like suddenly there was stuff, and this is like. This is the stuff that when you're rereading book one, you realize that was hinted at all the way through book one. And here's the payoff. That somehow she is not just Selena Sardathia, so she is actually Faye. Uh, and that's huge. 
and a fey ancestry at least that is that is a, that's a huge reveal and that that she has this magic that somehow has been you know shut down and uh and over here in the voyage is able to enact it and i just i just loved this scene and uh I was like, I gotta read book three. Gotta read because of this scene. This, this is a scene that that had me. I'm like, I gotta find out more. You know? Yeah. Well, it was. It was. This was kind of uh, a pleasant surprise uh, to me because it it said, well, no wonder she can do all these amazing things. She has magic inside of her. That, um, you know, finally, in, in my mind, she was mature enough for it to come out. Right. Yeah, well, yes. Um, but, you know, pri- also her, 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 cro- her, cro- her crossing over is what's allowing it to into the yeah. void, right? Like, she can't do this in, in, in um, Otterland at this point. Yeah. It, it just seemed to be that, that, Prior to this, she wasn't quite mature enough to deal with with this, and now she's starting to come of age and um, able to tap into that power. And we also discover she's a princess. Yeah, yes, uh, we do. Yeah, that's right. A pretty pretty <laughs> How about princess. That? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, do, I, do do we find out here what happened to her family? Uh, they were they were killed, right? Yes. yes. Do, do we know who killed him? No. Well, okay. the king, right? That's all. It's alluded yeah. So, to. yeah, it's alluded to the king, so you can understand why she doesn't want to kill for the king. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now she's indentured for four years. So. So you think? Yeah, but <laughs> you know, down the road, that that little seed that was planted down the road says to me that eventually Selena and the king of Adderland are going to have a little bit of a furball. They're going to have a little bit of a chat. Sit down for coffee and figure things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what you that's what you mean. That's what you mean, Jim. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, alien alien Gal- Galathinius. Yeah. All righty. Well, I think we're probably ready to, to move on. Is there any places or things we want to cover? Well, the the king is after word keys. Mm. Yes. To, word keys. And to unlock the, do- yeah. the doorways to other dimensions. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Just what we need. Right. Yeah. You, you can see this guy getting a hold of this thing and selling his soul to get help to kill off all his enemies mm-hmm. and basically just turn the world into in, in into dust yeah no no doubt um the word keys word gates the uh the word marts are all kind of interrelated and uh this is of course is part of Selena's quest is to figure out these word mark this book uh, and of course, he he gains the ability to use these to open up the uh, portal. Uh, in part, because she wants to see Nehemia again, but also in part uh, to figure out this creature. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, she she opens up that portal and gets more than she bargained for. Yep. Absolutely. I like how it shows how easy it could go wrong. Like she opens the portal to talk to Kimia and she does and everything's fine. Like it's closing up, but then she wipes her hand over it with blood and changes the word marks and winds up right. opening the portal to someplace she didn't want to and monsters come out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. If I had a dog run through that portal, I'm like, I love you, dog. <laughs> you're on your own over there. You're on your own over there. Yeah. But I know that some people, I know that some people have a real close affiliate affinity to their pets. And this obviously is what happens here. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and what was, what was the dog's name again? Oh, I forget. Um, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Let's call him Rover. Let's call him Rover. He's not Rover. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, this dog. This, that this that dog. was uh, that was one brave little animal. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Uh, so did, yeah. I now did the go ahead. did the did the dog survive? Uh, it was yes. hurt. But yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Injured, but because that, you know, that was you, you. You hate to see an animal, but the way this, the, the way this animal stepped up, and you know, took care of Selena was was just that was that was a really neat point in the book. Like you, you almost could have seen the author say, "Hey, this dog is going to sacrifice its life for Selena." And why you would have hated to see the dog go, it had been a worthy sacrifice. But but this right. is not so, the avenue that you know, yeah, but they just they, they didn't she didn't go that direction, the author and So uh, let's change fine. Rover to Lassie because that, that I would say <laughs> Lassie's more appropriate. Uh, what about Rin Tin Tin? Uh, can we do that one? I mean <laughs> Rin Tin Can? Yeah, Rin Tin no, Rin, uh, Rin Tin Tin. But anyways, yeah. No, I, I agree. I th- the dog was phenomenal. I I I enjoy scenes with the dog and that, that of course is set up in book one as well. The, this whole relationship, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I don't know. Uh, so we move on to favorite points of plot. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, we, we we've been talking. We've been kind of skirting around it. Um, the uh, what I mean, we we mentioned the knocker uh, because I think this is one of the there's there's a <laughs> there's a deep magic. That obviously is unaffected by whatever the king has done to stop magic. And it's important to note that one of the things that so the king has stopped magic, but there's but not all magic, because somehow Dorian's magic is unaffected by whatever stopped whatever the king stopped. Uh the knocker is unaffected by whatever the king did, because there's obviously a magical element to it, but yeah. Yeah, but it's under the castle. It's underground. But that doesn't and, affect and, like uh, like so like like Selena's goes underground. Her magic is unaffected. Like she still doesn't have magic underground. Yeah, you know, well, the king's power only goes so far, I think. But at, you know, I think it's symbolic that 
the magic comes out in places where the king is not going to be able to witness it or people are not going to be able to witness it you know this is a it, it kind of flows under everything hmm. right and you're you're not really you're not fully aware it's there if you're just a normal person and we just we're just lucky to get this inside view hmm. i feel like there's some of that and some of like uh he blocked the more common magic and maybe there's like an underlying current that that gives a building block of I don't know, life or something that he wasn't able to block or some, some sort of shenanigans like that that they're going to bring up. You're, you're saying it way better than, than I did. <laughs> that, that's exactly what okay. I <laughs> Yeah. So. Um, my favorite plot points for this book, I mean, they're going to seem kind of easy, but... Uh, I really enjoyed the taking the barn when she went to save Kale, and um, of course the Baba Yell legs, and then of course the the penultimate climactic battle at the uh, in the hallway with the uh, trying to get everybody out of the gate and get the gate closed. Um, probably the last part was my my favorite part of the book, um, but. This this book was just generally um, a very fun read for me. Like, yeah, it's it, it it's only hard to pick favorites because there was no part of the book that I wasn't like just enjoying. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I I agree. I think the, uh, the the whole carnival scene, the way they set that up, the warehouse scene, um, uh, the scene where. Uh, they get into that party with um uh, i forget the guy the name of the guy that you don't trust jim um and they <laughs> end up in that battle and she ends up getting poisoned and that like that was that was fun and exciting and there were some really good parts that kept this book interesting and the development up to those parts and the follow-up of those parts just kept me engaged so mm -hmm. i kind of like the way um selena was painted in this this book as being an honorable person um who who will think for herself and make decisions based on her own moral agenda because she was not killing people that she was supposed to kill because she didn't believe they deserved to die um she was giving them an out she even gave finn an out um and uh, despite the risk that she was taking in losing her own life, if the king ever found out, she was going to follow her own moral compass. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that, that raised her above in my mind. No, no, I hear you. Damn. Well, good. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've I don't know if I have any other points of plot. I agree with everything you guys have been saying. So, well, I understand mm. you might have some quotes for us, Scott. I do have some quotes. You ready for them? Yeah, let's hit let's hit them. I don't have any. Doesn't look uh, like Jim does, but 
Yeah. So, so here's my quote. So one of them is actually like just after like the first bedroom scene, right? Uh, because I think that this quote illustrates how Selena's paints herself. Yeah. And like, so she's lying in bed. She says, who said anything about shame? She gestured her down to her naked body, even though it was covered by a blanket. Honestly, I'm surprised you aren't strutting about boasting to everyone. I'd certainly be if I tumbled me. Does your love note for yourself know no bounds? Absolutely none. And I love this <laughs> co- I love this cockiness that Selena's exudes. But we when you get inside her head, you realize there's a there's a sense of front to that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's it's a way she paints herself and it's absolutely it makes her a fun character when she's interacting with other characters. And so I love that. Yeah, uh, she she definitely has a way to put a person in their place. <laughs> Yeah. So it, here's another quote. This is no, this is from the warehouse scene. It's actually a dialogue. Um, so Kale's been captured. He's chained up, right? And it says, and um, he says to the one man, I don't think you realize who you're dealing with. The man clicked his tongue. If you were that good, you would be more than just captain of the guard. Kale left out a low, breathy laugh. I wasn't talking about me. She's just one girl, the guy said. Although his guts were twisting the thought of her in this place with these people, though he was considering every possible way to get himself and Selena out of here alive, he gave the man a grin. Then you're really in for a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I just think that that typifies that scene. And Holy Hannah, yeah. when she comes in, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Holy Hannah, that's, that's all you can say, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get let's move on here to our closing thoughts and our ratings. So, uh, let's get our our, our ratings and and uh, would you recommend the, this series uh, from the beginning? I guess because you can't really read this one alone. But at this point, is this something that you would would recommend to a fantasy or a non fantasy reader? Let's yeah. start with Jim. So uh, or Scott. Oh, start, yeah. Scott, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Okay, so I was just going to say that this book does stand on its own. Oh. Like, because of the way the story, like, the first, like it's like the story of her being assassin for the king. Yeah, how she got there, you don't know. But uh, you probably could re- jump into this book and figure most of it out. At least I think so. Uh, the relationships might, you might understand how the relations got to where they were. Um, but the first book really is kind of, a story that while it sets things up doesn't necessarily play wholly into her being an assassin here, at least in my opinion. Um, that being said, I would definitely recommend this book. And if you like this book, if, before you read this book, if you're willing to read the first book, I would say start with the first book. But hmm. Those are my thoughts. Jim? Yeah, I would, I would say that um, this, this book had more character development quite a bit more actually and it was more enjoyable for that reason um i i'm sorry that it didn't have or i I should say i'm sorry that it had so much of a romance element for me because as i said at the at the outset (laughs) i couldn't figure out whether i was reading a fantasy book or a harlequin romance (laughs) you know It'd be something I I might expect to see in the Hallmark Channel eventually, the way things were going. Um, (laughs) But 
no, I was entertained. Uh, there was some some really neat stuff, a lot of a lot of action going on, and um, I, I'm going to rate it a four out of five. Okay. And would I recommend it? I I think I would. I, I could recommend this to, um, I would say probably a junior or senior in high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, for giving ratings now, I rated this a five out of five. I liked it okay. a lot. Yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed this book. It had a lot of things that I was missing. I felt was missing in the first one, as I said. Um, would I recommend it? Most definitely. But I think I would if if I was at this point going to tell someone about it, I would say look, just read the first two books. Um. For sure. Like, I, I don't think I could recommend the first book now without saying read the second one since I feel like it adds so much to it. And because of the romance stuff, I don't feel like you could read this book and without the first one. As weird as that sounds, like, just the inner relationships are just so heavily reliant on the building in the first book. Um, so I, yeah. I definitely recommend it. I probably wouldn't recommend it to someone who wasn't a, a fantasy reader. But uh, if if they told me they liked fantasy or they they liked Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, then this would definitely be on my recommendation list. So if- yeah, I, I and I I would also agree, David, that you should probably read the first book to find out where uh, Selena actually came from. Yeah. Uh, recently, not not her entire future, but how she was pulled out of prison and put into this situation where she needed to um, survive the games in order to get her position and not wind up back in prison. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I give this a four out of five, by the way, uh, but I feel like... Um, a normal, not a normal author, but another author may have written these two stories condensed into one. I'm glad they weren't, but I think that uh, normally we would have seen the stuff that we saw in book two happen in book one, uh, and maybe book one. Well, so like be another that by that you're 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 almost implying that it drug a little bit. Did you feel like there was a uh... There was too much padding in this book. No, no, or no, no. Is that or no, I, I think it plays out fine. I think just like the the discovery. Uh, what I guess what I'm more alluding to is that the first book, the things that I was missing were all in here, like the 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 reveal of um, magic, uh, her being a fa- a fae, those types of things. Like I would have expected there to be another, like maybe another a uh, quarter of a book or so in the first one and had a lot of these things thrown into it but there is so much going on that it it makes sense to have split them in two and i'm glad they were it just Mm -hmm. i think that in a in a a normal fantasy book and the author probably would have tried to cram it all into one and in this situation it benefits not not being in that position yeah yeah we wound up with a nine hundred thousand page book yeah and, right, and when you see something like that on a shelf, it it can be intimidating. It can be daunting. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Very good. Well, I guess that gives us a 4.3 out of 5 for overall rating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, next month, uh, our next book that we're going to be reading is Tim Att's Wrath by James S.A. Corey. And yep. This will take us, this is book eight, right? Yeah, this yep. will take us current, and then we'll have to see when book nine is being released. Okay. Sometime in 2020, I understand. Well, guess what year we're in? Yeah. 2020s. <laughs> so, um, looking forward to that. And then I think we're all in agreement that we want to continue with uh, Throne of Glass. So, rather- what's with us getting into these large series? I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, I don't <laughs> mind as long as the books are good. No, I don't either. You know? but I, don't, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, so, it'll be Air of Fire by Sarah J. Mass. Uh, we'll be yeah, the next book. There won't be a poll. We'll just say we're going to do that. So, that's right. All right. Sounds so good. Closing up here, of course, we uh, we like to hear uh, from you, the audience, the listeners, what you want us to read, what you think of these books. Um, feel free to write us in at theorbitalsword at gmail.com. You can always contact us on Facebook, facebook.com slash theorbitalsword. Is it the orbital sword? Yeah. No, just yeah, orbital Facebook.com slash orbital sword. Uh, conversation mm-hmm. going on over there. We also have Twitter at Orbital Sword, as well as our voicemail in the case Twitter. you want to want to leave us a message. And that number is Scott one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. All right, awesome. Yep. And a big thanks to everyone who's supported and continues to support us over on Patreon. It's a big help. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're thankful once again for the Orbital Sword. I'm David Bolton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood, and join us next time on board the Orbital Sword.
Miss you.